Chiropractic is a natural immune booster. With each adjustment, they're not only supporting the central nervous system through proper spinal function and alignment, but also stimulating and strengthening the immune system by removing nerve interferences and stressors that can drag it down. Call 307-672-6000 for details and scheduling with the top chiropractic clinic in Sheridan, Atlas Chiropractic. This is Dr. Colin Hardy with Atlas Chiropractic. Be sure to ask us about our new patient specials. Take the first step to a better you. Call 672-6000. That's 672-6000. Your healing begins when you pick up the phone. Harker Mellinger provides business advisory services tailored for you specifically to help your business become compliant, tax-efficient, organized, and strategically aligned with your goals. Think of us as part of your team. You will rest more comfortably knowing that you are covering all of your financial bases and making informed decisions. Contact us today, Harker Mellinger. Our focus is where you're going, not where you've been. Is it time to refresh, renew, reimagine, or rebuild your marketing plan or start a marketing plan? Problem is, that's not nearly as easy as it used to be. People now have new work schedules, different shopping patterns, completely new ways of entertaining themselves. It's critical now to be able to connect with them at home, on the go, and these days especially on their mobile devices. Question, how the heck do you create a marketing strategy to connect with customers on all those platforms? The answer, share to media. We can connect with them on air, online, print, social media, and through email campaigns. Listen, there's a lot of good stuff to tell you. But if finding and retaining your best customers is your goal, let's talk. We have a systematic approach to marketing success and a proven track record. Visit sharedmedia.com. It'll be strictly fact-finding for us, non-decision-making for you. Visit the sharedmedia.com advertise page today or call 672-7421 or email sales at sharedmedia.com. At Sheridan Funeral Home and Cremation Services, we do our very best to provide service that is delivered with compassion and professionalism, making the hardest of times a little easier as we guide you through the necessary planning and detail. You can trust Kimberly and Carrie to guide you through the arrangements to create a meaningful ceremony to honor the life of your loved one. Taking care of your loved ones with respect and dignity is our ministry here at Sheridan Funeral Home in Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. This is Public Pulse, your information and conversation program, brought to you by First Federal Bank and Trust. You can voice your opinion by calling 672-KROE. That's 672-5763. Now, your host for Public Pulse, Floyd Whitey. Good morning and welcome to Public Pulse. I hope everyone had an amazing Christmas. This morning, I am joined by Cindy Pop and Marion Eccles, the in-house dog trainer for the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter. Now, Cindy, what exactly is your uh, your title? AJ told me, and I completely forgot to put it on my paperwork. Um, my 
title is operations manager. Operations yeah. manager. You kind of oversee uh, both the dogs and the cats. Yeah, basically, any th- I oversee the whole shelter, okay. everything in it. Yeah, yeah, because I always say it's just dog and cats, but uh, you guys yeah. have got everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Guinea pigs, rabbits, mice, you name it. We've had fish, goats. Birds. Birds. All kinds of little critters, too, <laughs> um, right? Like the mice and the gerbils. Yes. You know, a guinea. I had a guinea pig once. <laughs> uh, and she thought she was a rabbit because my mom wouldn't let me keep the guinea pig in the house. So I had to keep it outside with the rabbits. Mm-hmm. And then one of our females had bunnies. And those bunnies would sleep on top of that guinea pig. Really? Yeah, yeah. So as those bunnies are learning to kind of hop around their cage, I would watch this guinea pig kick its back legs. (laughs) And so I renamed the guinea pig Rabbit because this guinea pig thought she was just one of the bunnies. It was amazing. So cute. Welcome to the show, guys. It's good to see you. Mary, it's been a while since I've had you on. How you been? Good. I'm real good. We got through the holidays almost. (laughs) <laughs> oh my, yeah, almost almost one there. more to go this weekend, but I think we'll make it. Good deal. How's the the training going over there? It's going really well. Um, we all. Oh, so I'm a little nervous. Don't look at me like. Oh, that. I'm doing the intrigue look. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm like, oh no, he's intense. What am I going to say? Um, no, um, it's going really well with the animals and the staff. Um, we are all working really well at doing things more consistently within the dogs in the shelter. And that just helps them, you know, be more balanced and it helps them be better while they're, while they're there, feel better and not be too anxious. I mean, that's the goal. Some dogs are just naturally more anxious. And so if we can keep those guys at a more neutral level, then it's easier for the dogs that don't have the anxiety, the dogs that are literally just, upset because the other dogs are upset yeah and so that's a big thing and so with our um, wonderful volunteer dog walkers um, we have some very dedicated individuals who have been with us longer than cindy or i have been there i mean they've been there longer than most of the staff i think one of them is close to 10 years or more wow wow dedication yes very and they come daily You know, I mean, there's dog walkers there every day and they have a route. They have a schedule. They're very regimented. We do take volunteers, but they have to go through these people in order to pass um, what they can do. You know, so if we have somebody show up that wants to volunteer by walking dogs, they have to first fill out our application, our volunteer application. Cindy looks over it. And then if they want to walk dogs, it's passed on to um, to our head volunteer dog walker. Oh, wow. So the the volunteers are very involved. They are very, they're so integral. Yeah. Yeah. They handle these dogs every day, Mm. except when it's extremely, (laughs) this last week was pretty miserable for everybody. But yeah, so getting all of them and all the dog staff on the same page as I am and with, you know, with my training and research, it's, it, I believe it's really helping a lot. And walking dogs is, it's very important, isn't it? I mean, like every once in a while, yeah, we can skip the dog walk today, but yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. that's a lot of 
energy. I mean, in the wild, these dogs would be walking miles and miles a day Running. to find food. Yeah, yes. and then trying to catch their prey. Yeah. They're, so they're they're built to have this bursts of energy from here and there. Yeah. And when you don't walk a dog, I can I can testify. You know, I had uh, <laughs> I had a, a friend who never walked uh, their dog, and they were one of those dogs kind of built for herding. Oh yeah. So constant. Yeah, I mean, constant really energy. active, and and never walked him. And so this dog was just nervous energy, mm, yeah. chewing on stuff, misbehaving. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I kept telling him, you take them for a walk a, once a day. Yeah. Yep. Give them 15 minutes of your life, man. You'll have a different dog. Yeah. Because yep. that's all it is. It is. I mean, imagine being stuck in an apartment all oh, day yeah. long. Yeah. When you're built for speed. Yeah. Right. This is exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. On that note. Yeah. Um. I have done some research, and I know it's gotten bigger and bigger throughout the years, but they say that, what, like 20 minutes of sniffing and having kind of mental enrichment can be just as good as a 30-minute walk. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, So stuff like snuffle toys, snuffle mats, where there's like little ridges that they have to dig through with their nose and find the treats, or puzzle toys or Kong toys, stuff like that. Even just, like, locking them out of the room and hiding their toy somewhere so they have to go find it, that can be just as good as a walk. So on these cold days, when you can't get them out, play games like that, and they will be just as tired as if you went on a walk. Yeah. At home the other day, uh, because we Emmy's sick and she hasn't Mm -hmm. been able to get the dogs out, she took their toys, or she took some treats, and she just... Put them inside of a uh, like a hand towel, uh-huh. rolled oh, it yes. up, and then tied that in a knot. I taught and her just, that. That's amazing. <laughs> it was a great idea. Yeah. She just kind of tossed them out to the side, kept them busy for a long time. She may have known about it before, but I definitely did remind her the other day on these cold days. I was like, hey, for these dogs, for their meals, it's perfect. wrap them up in towels, tie them up, and it takes them 10, 15 minutes to untie everything and get the toy or get the treats out. Because we got Gertie this big elaborate puzzle that she's got to solve. She's mm-hmm. got to use her nose here and pull this drawer out for right. a treat all over the place. <laughs> Those are cool. Five minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Five <laughs> minutes. Gertie had the whole thing solved. The smart dogs will get it done uh-huh. so quick. Holy cow. Another um, thing I've seen, and I've just seen videos of this um, on TikTok, is with the towels and wrapping it up, get them wet and then wrap them up and then freeze them. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then it takes a little bit longer because they really have to work at it. So if you have a dog that can figure it out really quickly, you can freeze it. And that's the same thing with the Kongs, the Kong treats. Um, I even like the marrow bones, the really thick bones. Once they get all the stuff out of them or if they didn't have anything in it to begin with, I'll stuff it. Just the other day, I saw I Mary <laughs> in a picture. I was doing enrichment day with my dogs. I have licky mats. I have Kongs, I have bones, and I just, like, ground up some of their food with water and chicken broth. Yeah. And then just scraped their food into the bones and the Kongs, and so that's like a meal. And so then instead of just eating their kibble in two seconds, they have to lick their meal out of the bone, out of the Kong. They got to work for it. They got to work for it. Yeah. And it keeps, like you said, it keeps them thinking. It keeps them enriched. Yes. Yeah, you know? keeps their brains engaged. Yeah, keeps just them like, from being bored. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, poor, <laughs> poor Gertie. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, she always goes 
to the to the window and I'm constantly telling her, oh, got to check and make sure the outside's still there. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> she goes, just stares out the window. Oh. I always feel bad for her on these days when she doesn't get to see her friends at the shelter. <laughs> now, uh, you ladies had a great Christmas. Mm-hmm. I, I did hope. have a good one. Yeah? Yeah. Um, I had a busy one. Good. My boyfriend's family was in town or his brother and their friend and... We were out. A lot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not built for that. I'm yeah. a tired person. <laughs> it's kind of like with Emmy. We'll go back and see her family, and you know, everyone's like, "Oh, you're taking vacation." Well, if that's the word you want to use. Yeah, for it, I, but... I mean, really though. <laughs> <laughs> they keep us pretty busy. Yeah. And I, I think I needed a couple days yeah. uh, at, once we got home just to take a rest. To yeah, rest. you need a vacation from your you vacation. Need a vacation. It's just yes. active. How about you, Marion? Pretty good one? Yeah, pretty good one. Real quiet. Family over. We always get together for the holidays. Most of my family lives here. So we do the traditional thing. And then on Christmas Day, some then we scattered, and there were only a few of us. So yeah. we went up to the mountain and had the buffet at Bear Lodge. And the weather wasn't pretty. <laughs> One of us got stuck pretty severely. Now it wasn't us. <laughs> we had our day. We knew better. <laughs> not us, though. Not no, us. Not us. <laughs> I'm not going to say who it was. She might be listening. <laughs> now, who is this that you have with you? We've got a we've got a visitor in this morning this is candy she's one of our senior dogs from the shelter she was a transfer from the gillette shelter emmy got her over here because gillette wasn't they were full and so we helped them out by taking dogs when we have room and she was last year's pet of the week Last week's. Oh, last week's. <laughs> last yeah. week's, yeah. Yeah, last week's pet of the week. Um, we were going to bring two puppies, but they're a lot to handle. They're not potty trained yet. And, <laughs> yeah. and, it's a small room, Mary. It's, uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. And, yeah, Emmy was going to bring them, and yeah, she's up for that more. <laughs> <laughs> now, when it comes to senior dogs, a lot of people... Uh, will look for like puppies and things like that. But there's a lot of advantages to having senior dogs, especially if you're kind of like me, a little <laughs> more sedimentary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm kind of grown into my seat. They they like to take things a little easier. What are, what are some other advantages to adopting so, a senior? One of the main advantages, I think, is they already have their personality set in stone most of the time. Um, you already know what you're going to get. With a puppy, they don't show their true personality until about a year old or more and so you're you're kind of taking a gamble i mean you could have the calmest puppy out of the bunch and as soon as that thing turns a year old it is psycho bouncing <laughs> a handful yeah like a handful. so many phases so with an older dog you already know kind of what their personality is going to be you know what their quirks are um i don't like to say that like genetics has a huge factor but it kind of does Mm -hmm. so with puppies in the shelter you don't always know their genetics and you don't know the quirks they're going to have when they're older because part of that is their genetics some of their quirks um so with an older dog you already know what that is Mm -hmm. you're already going to see you know if they don't like other dogs or if they don't like cats or they don't like children. You're already going to know most of that stuff. Yeah, they're already housebroke. They're, they're already, already housebroke. They, yeah. you know, hopefully already leash trained. Hopefully. And, and she is. <laughs> she's very well leash trained. 
and you know all of the behavior that you have to go through mm-hmm. with a puppy you don't have to go through with a You don't have to dog. deal with the chewing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tearing up. <laughs> Tearing usually, things up. Usually dogs from the shelter um, that are senior dogs don't have the separation anxiety yeah. because they've gone through that. And, you know, a lot, so many shelter dogs have been in more than one home. Mm-hmm. And so they're not so attached to one individual that they they are up, that upset when they leave. Candy. Which is a good and a bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have some people. If you're looking for a dog that that you need to keep by you all the time, then, you know, those are always still available. Yeah. <laughs> Archer. All right. <laughs> We're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we'll continue with the Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter. This is Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. Federal Bank and Trust is excited to announce the First Federal Community Commitment Program. Each week for 52 weeks starting in January, First Federal will select a Sheridan County nonprofit who will receive $1,000 in cash, plus Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. You can find an entry form at any First Federal Bank location or online at efirstfederal.bank. If you've received a donation from First Federal in the last three years, you're automatically entered into the drawing. Community Commitment, presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. The holiday season is here. Watch for your family dollar flyer in this week's Country Bounty for seasonal must-haves. Get in the holiday spirit with delightful deals on festive home decor, cozy apparel for the whole family, and the hottest toys of the season. There's no place like Family Dollar for holiday fun and savings. When it comes to finding great items at incredible savings, Family Dollar has got you covered. On the go, check out their e-flyer at sharedinmedia.com. Family Dollar, your one-stop shop for the holidays. At Prime Rec Motors, they know that everyone's story is different. At Prime Rec Motors, they recently had a customer stop in that had been in an accident, had no trade-in, but instead had a check from her insurance company to replace her totaled SUV. All the stars must have been aligned just right that day because she drove out with not only the perfect car for but it was in the color that she said she had always wanted. Problem solved at Prime Rate Motors, Super Trailer Store, 2305 Coffin Avenue in Sheridan. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and deli bar, and smoothie's so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. Remember when your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your shoulders? Well, we can't fix that. But most everything else, at the Health Nut on Sheridan's 5th Street. This is Christy at Buffalo Realty, and I would like to tell you about this beautiful country home just a few minutes from Claremont, Wyoming, on over eight acres and features exquisite views. The main level has kitchen, dining, living room, and a breakfast nook, covered patio, and striking landscaping. The upper level has two bedrooms and a full bath, laundry, and office. Interested? Call me, Christy Kinghorn, at Buffalo Realty, connecting people with property. Good morning and welcome back to Public Pulse, brought to you by our friends out there at First Federal Bank and Trust. I'm Floyd Whiting. The Sheridan Dog and Cat Shelter has programs that operate solely on donations. And one of those programs, certificates to reduce the cost of spaying and neutering your pet, is back. 
thanks to the I'm going to try and say this, Arneri Foundation. Arneri. Mm-hmm. Arneri Foundation. We would really appreciate you guys because this is a huge program. You guys literally ran out oh, yeah. of funding last year. This yes. is so popular. It's huge. Um, and while we were out, we got so many calls, so, so many calls to get these certificates. And we just don't have the funding. And some people understood that and some people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's a huge thing for the community. It makes spaying and neutering uh, so much more affordable for the people that might not afford it otherwise. And it helps us because it reduces the litters of puppies that we get in. Um, and it just blows my mind how many litters of puppies you guys receive in a year. Oh, yeah. Um, definitely in my four years with the shelter, this year we've had... This year and last year, we've had more litters than ever, I think. Um, wow. Than I can remember. Really huge. Last winter was huge, yes. And, and like we said, you know, puppies usually go fast, <clears throat> but still, that's, you know, taking the place of an adoption where maybe a senior dog could have been adopted. Or, yes. And, and I understand everybody loves puppies. I'm, I'm not a puppy guy. <laughs> I, I will openly admit that right now, and people have said that that's, you know, they're a lot of mean things everyone. about me, but yeah. I, I don't, uh, I just... Puppies I, can be evil. Yes, they, they can. They are hard. They are a handful. <laughs> they are difficult. <laughs> like, if I were to go down and adopt a dog, it would most definitely be a good old senior dog with a little bit of gray. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, I am glad that we did get Gertie and we got lucky with mm, her. You but, got lucky. <laughs> but, uh, you know, also at the same time, I've got a very dedicated individual at home. It takes care of her. So mm-hmm. now there's another event coming up vodka for dog people at Firewater Bar and Grill. I only got a couple minutes left. What's this going to do? Um, they're really just giving out cocktails that they've made. Um, one is like Meow Mule. Um, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember, I think you have the name of the other one over there. It's uh, Pinkies for Pups. So I don't know too much about it, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. And when is that taking place? The whole month of January, I believe. Oh, so you go down there, you buy one of these cocktails. Is a, a portion of the proceeds going to the show? A portion of the proceeds. That's amazing. Yes. How cool. So you can take the guys out, mm-hmm. take yep. the girls out, have a girls' night, and know yep. that uh, a majority of your uh, funds going to get everybody sauced. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, it's January. What a great time to do oh, it. What a great yeah. time. It Just, warms you up. Absolutely. <laughs> and you can ring in the new year while also helping out the shelter. And, and ladies, I want to thank you for coming in this morning. Sorry, our time was cut a little short. I've got somebody coming on. Um, I want to thank you for coming in and thank you for bringing Miss Candy. She's available out yeah. there. Glad to do it. All right. You've been listening to Public Pulse on 930 KROE and 103.9 FM, and when we come back, we'll have proof of life. 20 days on the hunt for a missing person in the Middle East. First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization, and Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. When the unexpected happens, you may wonder what's next. 
Champion Funeral Home can help you through this phase of life. They provide support and personal services while helping you create a meaningful tribute to your loved one. Champion Funeral Home has been locally owned and operated since 1911, providing compassion and care to Sheridan and Johnson County. Visit Champion Funeral Home at championfh.com or call 674-6329. Is that pain in your shoulder keeping you up at night? Are you feeling numbness and tingling in your hand? Has your neck or back acted up coming off the mountain? Sheridan Ortho excels in the diagnosis, treatment, and surgery of the upper extremities and spine. The team of surgeons at Sheridan Ortho offer cutting-edge care in sports medicine as well, including minimally invasive procedures like hip arthroscopy and regenerative therapy. Sheridan Orthopedics serves the community with emergency care 24-7, 365, and has for over 50 years. Some same-day appointments available. Visit SheridanOrtho.com. Wrap Plumbing and Heating can handle any job you have, big or small. From new construction to a pesky leaking toilet, the professionals at Wrap Plumbing and Heating are here to assist you. Drippy faucet? Sure. New shower hardware? No problem. Plumbing an entire new house? For sure. Logs that need snaked? Oh yeah. Wrap Plumbing and Heating has not met a job they can't handle. Too big a crap? Call Dan Rapp at 429-1196. Happy New Year! Hi, this is Jill Bates with the Best Real Estate Team. I love what I do, getting to help my agents and so many awesome clients with all their real estate needs. 2023 is going to be a great year and we are committed to making it great with you. It's a choice, so it might as well be great. If you're looking to work with a team that has positive energy, strong work ethic, very knowledgeable, and has you as the client as our number one priority, the Best Team is the only team to work with for all your real estate needs. Call 675-BEST or find us online at bestwy.net. Make it a great day! roads are here. Let's get some new tires on your vehicle. Hi, this is Chris Hayden with Hammer Chevrolet. With the recent weather, you've probably figured out your vehicle might need some new tires. Bring it down and let us take a look. We carry all the brand names and tires. If you provide us with a better price at the time of purchase, we'll match it. Find a better price within 30 days of the purchase, we'll refund the difference. Bring your vehicle in and let's get you safely down the road. You can't beat our tire price match guarantee from Hammer Chevrolet, 107 East Alger, online at hammerchevy.com. to Public Pulse. I'm Floyd Whiting. Imagine a family member's gone missing in one of the most conflict-ridden regions of the world. No one wants to help. No government, no embassy, and no intelligence agency will assist you in finding your loved one. It sounds like a movie premise, but that's the phone call Daniel Levine received in his office. The son of a diplomat, Daniel Levine, spent his early years in the Middle East and Africa, and then he trained as a lawyer. He's a member of the Liechtenstein Foundation for State Governance. For 20 years, he's worked with governments and development institutions worldwide, focusing on political reform and economic development through financial literacy. He's also engaged in diplomacy and mediation in war zones. He published two books. His first, Nothing But a Circus, Misadventures Among the Powerful, sold in Japan, Russia, Germany, and the UK. His latest book, Proof of Life, 20 Days on the Hunt for a Missing Person in the Middle East, is available right here. Welcome, Daniel Levine, to the show this morning. Welcome, Daniel. 
Thank you, Floyd. It's a pleasure being with you. It's a pleasure having you. Uh, we're honored, sir. Um, I'm going to start off with a little bit of background. What kind of diplomat was your father? My dad was an Israeli diplomat. He was one of the founding generations of Israel. Uh, he was uh, heavily injured in 1948 in the War of Independence, just 10 days before Israel obtained independence, and uh, lost his arm, was shot up on the left side, and then became uh, one of the very early Israeli politicians, was close to David Ben-Gurion, and, uh, and became then ultimately ambassador. And we were stationed in East Africa, in Kenya, actually, in the 60s. So that's, in a nutshell, his his background. Wow, it was a different world back then. Um, and did you ever watch your father work? Did you ever see him sit down and negotiate? I did. Um, our very early memories, of course, uh, living in Kenya and uh, later on, he still, uh, he left his politics in 1970, pretty disgusted with the way things were going. Uh, was in favor of negotiating with the Palestinians after 1967, after that war, and when uh, the tide in Israel was moving more to, uh, in a very different direction, the wrong one from his perspective, he left politics. But he stayed involved, and if you remember the, uh, the uh, rescue mission for the plane, the Air France plane that was taken and uh, ended up being rescued in Entebbe in Uganda with an Israeli commando unit, my dad had negotiated the refueling stops in Kenya, was really involved in all these kinds of matters, also clandestine matters throughout my childhood. So these are really strong and powerful memories for me growing up to a very much part of, of what sort of my identity as a teenager. Wow. Uh, I do. Uh, I remember learning about that uh, hostage crisis uh, with the airplane. And uh, if, if you were to say that there was something that you learned from him, watching him in terms of negotiation, what would that be? He always uh, he told me something that others have taught me that people have looked to also for for mentorships. My dad, in particular, was the first one to who, uh, never never overplay your hand and never assume you're the smartest guy in the room. Uh, you know, a sentence that I quote in the book is that if you are in a room playing poker and you can't figure out who the sucker is, chances are it's you. And uh, and it was that kind of an approach that that I think he he taught me that you know, no matter how smart you think you are and how much information you have you think you have a leverage, there's always someone in the room that who knows more, who's more clever, who's more perhaps violent, uh, and uh, just simply has more cards in his hand. So um, what he taught me early on is whatever you do, whether it's in a career, in a regular career, certainly in more hairy situations such as hostage negotiations. You know, always assume that you can't outsmart or outplay another person. You have to figure out a, a, a different way to accomplish what you want. And what he did teach me is the importance of, the importance of relationships. Uh, that you, if you want to solve really complicated situations where people don't see eye to eye, you need to have a network of relationships of people you can trust. And that's not a network you can just set up when you need it. That's one that you have to develop and maintain and cherish over a lifetime. Otherwise, you're not going to have it available in the moment that you really need it. Now, your book, Proof of Life, 20 Days on the Hunt for a Missing Person in the Middle East. How did you become involved in this search? What was the situation? So a little bit of background. Uh, I run, as you mentioned earlier, I run this European foundation that does a lot of work in war zones in countries that are really destroyed by civil war. We're currently working in Yemen and in Libya, to give you some sense. 
countries where either from through wars with outside parties or civil war within the country just have been devastated. And when the Arab Spring broke out in 2011 throughout North Africa and the Middle East, one of the countries that we were asked to come and help mediate was Syria. And early in the war in 2012 and 2013, it was very, uh, it was not clear at all who would actually win the upper hand in the war. This was early on where the opposition was united under the Free Syrian Army. This was before ISIS really in, uh, got into Syria from coming from Iraq. And it was before Russia uh, came to the aid of the Syrian regime together with the Iranians and tipped the war in their favor. So early on in the war, all the sides were interested in figuring out a way to climb down from that tree. And we got involved in, the, in mediating between the sides with good relationships with the various sides. And in the course of this work, uh, asked to, to, uh, for each side to give us five to ten people young people that we could start working with and train them so they could play a role in rebuilding this country after the conflict. So this was this is now going almost in 10 years that we got, got involved. It all changed when uh, Russia got involved and the regime lost any incentive to be conciliatory and to, to deal with mediation. But in those years, 2012, 2013, because we were uh, heavily involved there and had a network and a presence there, uh, there were a number of Western... Uh, individuals who had gone missing were taken hostages from various sides, from the regime, from the opposition side, and later on, of course, from the Islamist fighters. And because we had relationships into all the groups, we were asked, usually by family members, in some cases by government, to see if we could first help locate the person, get some form of proof of life that they were still alive, and then in some cases also negotiate the terms of their release. Uh, and it's in that context where I was approached in late 2014 uh, by a, a friend, an acquaintance actually, who, was, uh, who had uh, a person very dear to him who had gone missing in Syria. And uh, it was 2014, especially late in the year, was an extremely gruesome year. It was the year, if you recall, that had the beheading of several Western journalists, including American journalists uh, James Foley, Stephen Sutler, and others, Kayla Muller, later on a little bit, a few months later, um, and uh, it was an unbelievably painful and brutal and gruesome year, and so it was the context, that that's sort of the backdrop for this request that was made to me in late 2014. How were you asked? Um, did, did this uh, particular person approach you personally, or was this done through chains? No, he approached me personally. It was someone I'd met uh, two years earlier in Washington, through a dear friend, uh, th this person was a, a very well-connected individual, uh, uh, knew governments in the Middle East, knew the American, French, British government very well. One of those guys, he had in his apartment in Paris, he had pictures of himself in the Oval Office with four different presidents. Uh, so very well-connected guy. But when he tried to help, the person who had gone missing was the son of a close friend of his and turned then out that actually he himself was close to the person who had gone missing. Uh, and uh, but when he turned to his contacts in governments and intelligence agencies, he was basically told that this young guy had walked into Syria recklessly and that he was on his own, that they wouldn't use any kind of human capital or financial capital to try to get this guy out. And so that's when he turned to me in desperation because he just struck out everywhere else. And what he did is uh, he asked me if I could meet him in Paris uh, on an urgent matter. He was pretty cryptic about the request and uh, and I went, uh, at some point I had to go to Europe and I met him in Paris for that dinner and we went for a long walk late at night and he sort of poured his heart out. And my first instinct was actually to decline the request. 
because I wasn't close enough to him to feel obligated to help him. And I had just had a very, very disappointing experience with a hostage where we weren't able to help and the hostage ended up being executed before we could even get any information on the, on the situation. So I was really burnt out and pretty devastated from the prior experience. But he drew me into this conversation, and I promised to make a few phone calls just to see if, if even would be a, any kind of possibility of helping him, and that's how I got pulled into this whole thing. Now, we know what the situation was like in uh, Syria. Uh, you, you helped catch us up on that. But how is Syria different from and similar to other Middle Eastern countries within that region? Um, is there kind of a specific vibe, I guess you can say, in Syria that's a little bit different? I'd say so. I mean, just as a matter of background, I told you a little bit about my dad. I myself was born in Israel. I, you know, I've lived in the States now for 30 years, an American, but I was born in Israel. I served in the Israeli army. I've seen combat and experienced it myself. And so uh, I'm not unfamiliar entirely with violence generally in wars and certainly violence in the Middle East. Uh, I, you know, I'd spent time in, in several of the countries hostile to Israel surrounding it. So in a, in a uniform. So I'm, I'm, somewhat familiar with environment and yet for me too Syria is very different there's a there's a brutality and a devastation in Syria that I never had really quite experienced anywhere else uh, in the sense that you know when the war broke out 10 years ago the president Bashar al-Assad basically told the people you guys have a choice speaking to his population you either get me or I burn the country to the ground and in the end, the people got both. He burnt the country to the ground, and he's still in power. Uh, and so th there's a violence that seems almost gratuitous and so cruel in the way that the country is obliterated. We don't quite know what the end game is uh, in the sense that uh, is, are they just going to keep on killing people until they run out of people? Or is there going to come at some moment a turning point where they say, all right, got to re rebuild our societies and rebuild our countries? And... Um, it's really hard to watch. I haven't seen, I haven't experienced a country like that. I have been in Yemen. Yemen is a very different kind of country, obviously devastating what's happening there too, but very different history, a tribal structure. You almost feel with Yemen like the country is not a natural structure. It's really so fragmented to 180 some tribes. Whereas in Syria, I'd been to Syria before the, the outbreak of hostilities 10 years ago. And Syria was one of those countries, and of course it was a tiny minority that was ruling over a majority, meaning the Alawite Shia minority of the Assad regime over the Sunni majority. That's the way the colonial powers had set it up in the last century, and that still survived that kind of structure. Same thing was in Iraq, where you had a Sunni minority, later on with Saddam Hussein, ruling over a Shia majority. So that was nothing new. But in Syria, it was one of those countries where no one ever asked you what you were. They didn't want to know if you're Muslim or not Muslim, if, if you're Muslim, if you're Shia, Sunni, if you're Christian or Druze or, or Jewish. It never really was as relevant as it was in other surrounding countries. So to have this devastation in Syria was doubly horrible, not just because the devastation is so thorough, but also because it went from a country such a different country. You also didn't have the same degree of militant Islamism in Syria as you had in other countries. And to see it now as a country, you look at it and say, it's not just a failed state, it is utterly devastated. I don't know that in our lifetime we're going to experience anything close to a functional, functioning state where children have a chance of, of a future in that country. It is, it is pretty much... Uh 
just a skeleton of what it once was or what it could have been, isn't it? Now, when you it is, and and, and then, sorry, just to, to add just one thing, if I may. Sorry to interrupt. Please, please go uh, ahead. Don't also forget, Syria is also, you know, it's really an ancient country, unlike the monarchies in the Gulf, you know, the Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates and all those countries, which are fairly recent structures, which were nomadic Bedouin societies prior to that. Uh, these are recent structures of of recent decades, uh, not more than century, uh, the way these shades, these states had formed. Whereas you look at the Middle East and a country like Syria, you have you have cities and ruins that go back into antiquity, some of which are two and a half thousand, three thousand years old. Those are all devastated. So it's not just it's not just the current country and the tragedy of the breakup of the state. It's also this wipeout of history and ancient civilizations that's taken place there too. History lost uh, to violence, uh, the things that we'll never ever be able to get back. When you reach a situation like this, even though you may know the players, you may know uh, the ground that you're on, but where do you even start? How do you start looking for someone, you know, the needle in the haystack? Uh, You know, sometimes I'm asked for in those situations, and I have a good sense, or sometimes there's even public news about who captured the person. So then you try to get to... Uh, the group that captured it, whether it's a regime or Islamist groups in the north or, or the northeast. In this particular case, I really had no idea. I, uh, the information I got from the person I met in Paris was that he had entered from the north, from uh, from Turkey, through the Kurdish region in the north, and then went missing sort of on the way to Aleppo in the north. So beyond that, he didn't really know anything other than very cryptic information also about a Kurdish handler uh, who took him in. Uh, I called, in this particular case, when I had almost nothing to go on, I called a friend of mine who was a Saudi, uh, uh, very, very well-connected Saudi, uh, actually half Saudi, half Syrian. His mother was Syrian. And uh, he's usually my first stop to see what he thinks of the case. He's also someone who will tell me, don't touch this one for a number of reasons. There was one case with an American who had gone missing in 2013 where uh, I was asked whether I could get information, and I called the same friend of mine, Khalid Al-Maghi, and he said, don't touch it because I hear that behind our backs they're negotiating ransom payments, and I don't get involved in ransom uh, situations for, for reasons we can get into later. Uh, and so, this, so my friend Khalid was the first person I called, and I said, listen, I was asked about this person, um, I have no idea who has them. I don't know anything about it. Is there anything you can do? Do you know? Is there any way to get information? Do you think I should get involved? And he and, and my friend Khalid knew full well how that I didn't want to do this because he was he was with me in that just in that terribly disappointing experience just very shortly before this request. Uh, he called me then back and said, "Listen, we may have a lead here, but if you want to, if you really want to get involved, you're going to have to fly to Istanbul, meet me there." And then if I get the green light to help you, then you're going to get on a night flight to Beirut and you're going to sit down with the head of one of the most vicious militias in Lebanon and they're going to direct you to the next steps. But if they approve of you, you're going to have to do that and you're going to have to go blind, meaning that if you go to Beirut, you're going to surrender all your phone devices, everything. You're going to have to put yourself into the hand of this militia to get the next information. If you're prepared to do that, come see me in Istanbul. And that's how this whole adventure started. I flew to Istanbul. I agreed to do it. We got the green light. And actually, one of the uh, deputies of this militia leader came to 
picked me up at the airport in Istanbul and flew with me to Beirut. I landed in Beirut in the middle of the night. The flight left Istanbul at 2 in the morning, got to an hour later. We were in Beirut. Uh, and then I, I was taken to this militia leader in South Beirut. And, you know, with metal detectors, I had to surrender all my phones, passports, everything at the airport. Uh, and that's how that, that whole thing started. And this militia leader... Uh, and this group then said, listen, the information we have about this missing person is that she was taken by a, a, a group, a Syrian group of drug dealers. And these are really bad people. They don't just deal in drugs and an amphetamine called Captagon, which has ravaged the war there. But they also do sex trafficking, little girls from villages. They traffic in hostages. They traffic in weapons and, and everything. And those are the people who at some point held this this guy that you're looking for. So if you want to get more information you're going to have to track down this group and their leaders and that's how that's the chase that i detail over these 20 days in this book throughout the middle east wow daniel i i can't even imagine a situation that would be as terrifying as having to turn everything over and literally placing your your life into the hands of this individual uh as you said blindly um you gave me chills to hear that uh what what do you think it was about you that he approved of? Uh, you know, it, well, I should say one more thing before that because because I don't want it to sound quite as reckless as it sounds. I would never have done it if the introduction hadn't come from my friend Khalid. Khalid is someone I really do trust with my life. I had met him 20 years earlier uh, in a in a lounge in a hotel in the Gulf, actually by chance, and we became really close as friends. This guy is is clean and loyal as it comes and I really would put my life into his hands so if he told me that you are under my protection when you go to Beirut they're not going to harm you uh, then I trust him so that that's just briefly that context uh, and then the, the vetting process was essentially whether I am genuinely trying to help this person or whether I'm just doing this to self-aggrandize myself or whether I'm a mercenary or whether I'm a journalist who's just trying to write a story about it because in all those cases this militia leader wouldn't have helped me. Uh, there are a lot of mercenaries and sort of fake intermediaries and charlatans who claim to be hostage negotiators, travel around, and what they do is they basically try to collect some little bit of information, and then they go to the family and say, listen, I think I can help you. Uh, it's going to cost, you know, a million dollars, five million dollars. Wow. Uh, it's not for me, of course. It's for the expenses of the people who help. And that's how this whole dirty game starts. And so... This militia leader wanted to absolutely be sure that for me there was no such vested interest, that I was really trying to help, that I didn't take a dime for it, and that I wasn't, you know, trying to run with my story uh, to some newspaper. And in fact, uh, when I ended up writing this book, I asked this militia leader for permission whether it was okay for me to write about my interactions with him, too. I didn't want to betray him, even though he's not someone I, you know, would really love to spend a whole lot of time with in my free time, I still had to honor the fact that he did help me. I uh, didn't have any benefit out of that himself, and so you know, these become very. But when you when you asked me earlier about my dad, this is all part of those network of relationships that you need to be able to call on to help in such a case. You can't just go start calling people and say, "Hey, I'm looking for so and so who went missing in the Middle East. Will you help me?" People are going to not even answer that phone call. Whereas if you if you have that network, and that's a trust you have to earn. So this militia leader had to know that I wouldn't sell him down the river. This is an individual who is sanctioned by the United States. Uh, this is not this is not some 
you know, anonymous or some academic or some person like that. This is a very high-profile person that the U.S. considers a hostile person and Israel considers a hostile person. So for me to be able to do it, he needed to know that I would, that he could trust me. Uh, and then he would be willing to help me. So, the, you know, the, a lot of those kinds of nuanced relationships where a person you might think otherwise as a and, and, and bad person is able to do good things and people that you consider good people are not willing to help you one bit. So those lines get, uh, you know, those roles get flipped very quickly under such high stress kind of situations. And those lines get very, very blurred. Uh, Daniel, uh, I'm sorry, we, we don't have any time left. I, I wish we did. I wish I could speak with you on this much more. Uh, it's fascinating, and uh, you're a true hero, sir, for going in to such a scary situation. The book, Proof of Life, 20 Days on the Hunt for a Missing Person in the Middle East by Daniel Levine. Sir, thank you very much for speaking with us this morning. Thank you so much, Floyd. It was a pleasure talking to you. This has been Public Pulse on 930K Early and 103.9 FM. Sheridan. First Federal Bank and Trust is committed to our community. Beginning in January, we'll be donating $1,000 cash each week for 52 weeks to a qualified Sheridan County nonprofit organization. And Sheridan Media will match that with a marketing budget. First Federal is one of two mutual banks in Wyoming, which means they don't pay stockholders. They reinvest your funds right back into the place we call home. Visit efirstfederal.bank for details. Community commitment presented by First Federal Bank and Trust and Sheridan Media. Member FDIC. Your home become the proverbial money pit. Everything is going wrong. Things are breaking on the daily, and you can't afford to fix them. Nor do you want to. Let Wyo Renovation assist you. They will buy any property in any location, no matter what issues it has. They will get you cash, probably more than you could get anywhere else. And you can walk away and let them bring the property back to life. Learn more at wyorenovation.com or find them on Facebook. Delicious McDonald's deals are now more fun, more accessible, and better than ever through the McDonald's mobile app. The app is now the only place you can earn My McDonald's reward points on every McDelivery order. Plus, you can get those free McDonald's rewards you earn delivered, too. Just order, relax, and enjoy. McDonald's will bring your faves to you. Just go to the Google Play or Apple App Store and download the new McDonald's mobile app and start saving. Download it now. McDonald's, Sheridan, Buffalo, and Gillette. Have you heard? Sheridan's own Vacutech is growing, and they're now hiring part-time weekend workers. Open positions include general labor, machine operators, craters, and more. Vacutech is offering weekend premium pay and a $2,000 sign-on bonus. This is the perfect opportunity to make extra money or even a great living while working weekends and enjoying the week off. For more information and to apply, visit Vacutech's Open Opportunities page on their website at vacutechllc.com. Remember when your mom used to say, don't break your arm, patting yourself on the back? Well, if you ignored her and broke your arm, then the Health Nut is the place for you to get all healthy again. Every inch of the Health Nut can make you feel better about yourself. The soup, sandwich, and deli bar and smoothie so good you'll forget you even got a broke arm. 
Remember when your mom used to say you'd forget your head if it wasn't attached to your shoulders? Well, we can't fix that. But most everything else at the Health Net on Sheridan's 5th Street. Don't miss it. Fox Across America with me, Jimmy Fallon, on the News Talk Station, KROE. Help your favorite photo of holiday decorations win big. It's time to vote in the Get Lit for the Holidays photo contest presented by MDU. Just go to the contest page at SheridanMedia.com. Click on the banner, scroll through the photos, and vote for your favorite. The winning photo by most votes will take home a $200 gift certificate to Sheridan Liquor, $200 in chamber bucks from MDU, and $200 in chamber bucks from State Farm Insurance and Gardner. Vote every day on the contest page at SheridanMedia.com and watch for the winner announcement on Friday. Radio is a great career. Sheridan Media employs a number of people in various capacities, including advertising sales, news, promotions, business administration, and engineering. If you or your organization would like to know if there's a job opening at Sheridan Media, send your mailing address request to Bob Grammons, General Manager, Sheridan Media, P.O. Box 5086, Sheridan, Wyoming, 82801. We'll send a notice to your organization or group every time there's a full-time job opening. Sheridan Media is an equal opportunity employer. As we begin the new year, each of us at Sheridan Memorial Hospital extends this message of gratitude. We know providing health care is sometimes complex, but caring for each of you and your loved ones is why we are here. Thank you for allowing us to serve you. This is Ada Curvin from the Hospital Foundation letting you know we truly appreciate your efforts to stay healthy and safe. Your healthcare team at Sheridan Memorial Hospital is here to help you navigate and receive the care you need when you need it most. Our sincere wishes for a happy, healthy new year. The rookie sophomore? What is that? I'm picking my own name next year. Hi guys, it's Dave McAllister with First Northern Bank and Sheridan Honda and Power Sports Pro Football Pick'em. It's a tough crowd. Just listen. Buffalo is at Chicago. I wonder if they're going to move this game to a different time slot. I'm going to go Buffalo. It's supposed to be nasty. The Broncos don't have any time slot. <laughs> they, they shouldn't. And, and they, they could easily flex that Tampa Bay-Arizona game off the schedule completely. So they Terrible to watch. Forfeit and not even play it. Hot cocoa or eggnog? Trevor? Oh, cocoa. <laughs> I've never had eggnog cocoa. before. <laughs> cocoa? Cocoa. Eggnog, but that's has a, to be brandy in it. I'm with it. Yeah. I'm with you there, Magic Melly. <laughs> Coco also. Coco also? Okay, you guys going Coco, huh? With Bailey's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Listen to us live every Wednesday at 7.40 a.m. on KROE 103.9 and play for a chance to win a $100 prize every week. KROE. Football pick and Broadcasting from the Wyoming Corporate Office Studio. KROE. 